This is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Welcome, dear parishioners, to the Sunday Sermon with your good pastor, David Jameson. So, farewell, Indie Ref 2024. We hardly knew ye. It's only a couple of months since Indie Ref 2023 was cancelled. No, really, that was November. Yes, the de facto independence referendum, scheduled for the next general election, most likely to take place in 2024, is dead. According to the SNP's own website, two plans will now go before the March Emergency SNP conference. Plan A is a de facto referendum at the next general election. Plan B is a de facto referendum at the next Scottish election in 2026. And that means, by my reading, the general election option is dead. Why on earth would the SNP leadership dangle the carrot till 2024 when it can dangle till 2026 and beyond? To be clear, there is one big problem with dropping a hard independence framing for the next Westminster election. It makes the SNP vulnerable to a Labour surge. But that is as nothing compared to the consequences of losing Indiref 2, which a general election staging almost certainly would. A suspicion is growing in my mind, and perhaps also in yours, that Nicholas Sturgeon was never committed to a general election de facto ref strategy. If she was, she would have stopped the introduction of Plan B at her party national executive committee. In this theory, the polemics against a general election de facto ref from the likes of Stuart Macdonald MP were probably coordinated with the leadership an attempt to soften up opinion on the de facto ref ahead of an imminent rollback. But if I'm right about this, why was the general election option ever presented to us in the first place? Answer, to have something a bit tough and dramatic to say in response to the Supreme Court's damning verdict against Sturgeon's bid for an independence referendum organised without Westminster involvement. Sturgeon couldn't afford to just take it on the chin and do nothing thus appearing weak and aimless. My further suspicion, therefore, is that Sturgeon really backs Plan B, the de facto referendum in the 2026 Scottish election, but she wants this time to share the responsibility for postponing the Great Day of Reckoning with the wider SNP parliamentary party and membership. Surely, accusations that she is merely using independence to marshal votes and funds for the SNP gravy train must be wrong if our party debates and then endorses another delay at the March conference, which, incidentally, will be the last SNP Spring Conference. They are ditching the annual event due to lack of funds and, again, one suspects, to put yet more distance between the membership and an already unaccountable leadership. And no, that doesn't sound like the behaviour of a party preparing to create a new independent state. I'm several suppositions in now, and the faithful would be right to complain that a chain of such projections could be leading us away from matters at hand. So let me state what is absolutely clear. A 2024 de facto referendum is dead regardless of the March conference decision. Quite simply, 
If even the SNP's cohort of professional politicians can't agree that it would be legitimate, it simply will not carry any weight in an election. Sturgeon and her NEC have already, very publicly, hold her plan A below the waterline. That had already been achieved last summer, when this idea was first launched in response to the Supreme Court decision. Then, Sturgeon's own ministers had contradicted her claim that victory in a de facto referendum would require a majority of votes for the SNP. By that point, whatever credibility the de facto ref idea had, which was not a great deal, was blown to pieces. By the time you hear this sermon, you may know more than me. Some of my speculation might be redundant. I can hardly be blamed. The SNP is now such an opaque, secretive world that when it comes to the motives and ideas of its leaders, a good deal of Kremlinology is required. As last summer proved, even the most senior ministers of the Scottish Government have no idea what's going on until hours or days after, after, the latest policy has been announced. But we can be sure of one thing. All of this is going nowhere. It's often said, with obvious justification, that Twitter isn't an accurate reader of attitudes in society. Cultic fandom, niche political attitudes can thrive online and go completely unnoticed in society. But the news of yet another major policy reversal at the top of Scotland's governing party went almost without mention, even on social media. Quite simply, everyone knows the score by now, including those, perhaps especially those, who pretend otherwise. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contra.substack.com and find great articles and more at contra.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash contrascot.com.